Salutations. Hi guys. Welcome. Welcome, welcome to another episode of your favorite travel podcast, Travel and Shit, where I, your host, T. Carrie, have an experiential conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life. So if you are watching on the YouTubes, which I encourage, you'll see I've got an in-person guest with me today. And if you are listening and you can't see, I suggest you give this adorable face a shot at on your eyes. Um, but adorable little guest, please go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Lucy LeBlanc. I'm 10 years old and I'm from Hawkinsville, Kentucky. Lucy, what do you do for a living? I make bracelets. <laughs> what is your company called? It's called um, Brown Girl Beating. All right. All right. And how did you find yourself, you know, here? Well, I like to do crafty stuff. Mm. quite the artist quite the talented not just quite the artist but quite the talented artist i remember the first time um i went to you guys not this house but the house before that Mm -hmm. and i went in the guest bathroom and i saw the art up there i was like where you get this like ross or um like (laughs) tj Maxx. she was like oh no lucy made that i was like get out of here (laughs) this little one you had to be i don't know you were like six maybe you were little but they were good good like really good art but um, so what what is your thing in school? What's your, what is your, I don't want to say talent. What is the class that you enjoy the most? I like science and I also enjoy reading. Girl After My Own Heart. Those were my faves as well. So how did you get to New York? Well, like today, like here today? Or? Well, yeah. How did you end up here? So um, we came to visit my grandfather also, our cousins live in PA, so we came to visit them. And we also came to visit you. Right. And I'm, I'm important. I'm cool. <laughs> and we also are visiting um, my mom's other friends. But you guys drove. Yes, we drove. So, road trip. Yeah. Long there road are trip. many different ways. How long is that drive? Like nine hours? Or is no, it longer? It's, it's like 13. Oh, yeah. That's a long drive. 14 that's hours. That's a long drive. I wouldn't do that in one shot. <laughs> Yeah, we stopped, obviously. We can't do it. So there are different types of travel. What kinds of travel are you familiar with? I know road trips, mm-hmm. planes, mm-hmm. there's backpacking, okay. there's camping. I don't know what any other like forms of travel, but I... I'm thinking cruising. We could take yeah. a cruise. Yeah. Um, train. Oh, yeah. You can do, uh, like, short travel, like subway travel on the train, like if you're going mm-hmm. to work kind of thing. Or you can do kind of more long-distance travel. Mm-hmm. If you do, like, an Amtrak or um, you also have bus. You can do, like, a Greyhound to get out of state. You can do a uh, Greyhound and train to get cross-country and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So what kind of travel have you um, been involved? What kind of travels have you done before? Um... I went on a boat before. It wasn't necessarily a cruise, but we went to a destination. So. Okay. Was it like a um, day cruise? Like it um... was, Yeah, it was a day cruise. Okay. Um, there was also, we also went um, on, a tra- on a train one day. We went on a plane. Mm-hmm. We've gone road tripping. Um, I think that's it. I don't know. And you've flown before. Yes, I like to fly. So I fly by myself. (laughs) This episode, I kind of wanted to have like a kid's perspective on travel because I'm an adult and I'm an adult that didn't start traveling until I was an adult. I'd done little trips when I was a kid. Like I'd done plenty of road trips with my family. Um, Like we've driven to, I think the furthest I've ever had to do in a road trip was florida with my family possibly you answered my first question okay (laughs) um i think the most i i did fly as a kid i'd gone to disney world um no we did a road i think we drove to disney world when i went as a like a really young kid but then i went again to uh, disney world when i was in high school I flew to family reunions. I remember as mm-hmm. a kid, we would go to um, Atlanta and then we would take that smaller plane to Augusta. 
because my family is from that general area. Mm-hmm. And those were pretty much it. Like, I'd gone to New Jersey from here, which isn't that far. That's, yeah, like, one of the like next an, neighboring states over for us. It's like, an hour, two hours, if three even. hours, depending right. when you where you go. Mm-hmm. What so. else had I done? I had never, I've still never been on a cruise. I've been on, like, Greyhound buses in college and traveling. I have never done a long-distance train. But I wanted you here today with me so that I could kind of hear from a kid's perspective what you think about travel, what your goals in travel are, what your perceptions of people that are in other places are, and kind of, you know, answer kid questions that kids would have. And also for other adults to kind of give them a sense of what children think about travel so that we are kind of in a better position to be receptive to kids when they have questions about travel or when they have concerns about travel. So please go ahead and Lucy has so graciously prepared a few questions. So go ahead and ask uh, the questions that you had about travel. All right. I'm getting the thing. Okay. So what was your favorite trip and the favorite part of your trip? Um, hmm. <clears throat> favorite is such a strong word. <laughs> such a strong word. It is. Um, honestly, now that I've had the experience, I can say my favorite trip was probably to Vermont because I was with Justin. That was our first trip that we took. But that's because I'm a sentimental person. <laughs> yeah. But I would say uh, my overall favorite trip just might be it's either Colombia or Cuba. I would I think either Colombia or Cuba because of all the new people that I met. I went to incredible beaches and I felt really, really comfortable being black. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't feel like anyone or somebody would judge you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I didn't feel like people were looking at me as if I didn't belong in certain spaces. I didn't feel as if people were questioning whether or not I was, you know, able to afford my accommodations or if they I were able to, you know, um, like I, I didn't feel as if I was being judged simply by my presence. I felt very comfortable being myself the most in those areas. And I felt like I did not get um, like stared at yeah. in uncomfortable ways. Like people look at you because, you know, you're passing them on the street or, you know, sometimes people are just looking at you because they think you're pretty or someone says, oh, I really like her earrings. So they're looking at your earrings or you remind them of someone that they know. So a lot of times, like, I don't really take people looking at me personal, but, you know, sometimes when people that don't look like you or that um, may not necessarily be uh, familiar with you being in their area, look at you, you can tell your own story about why they're looking at you as opposed to really knowing why they're looking at you. So I would say that those two trips were my favorite because I felt very welcome And I felt as if I blended in the most with the people from that area um, as if I were a local. I felt much more like a local in those places. And I also just had really incredible experiences. I learned a lot on those trips. I learned a a whole lot in Cuba. I did a lot of things for the first time Mm -hmm. when I was in Cuba. I did cliff diving. That sounds fun. Oh, it was. It was really scary, though. (laughs) Yeah, Really, really scary. And I learned a lot in that lesson because... I can do scary things. I can do hard things, you know? I don't have to necessarily hold on to my fear and let my fear stop me from doing things. I uh, did a kind of difficult hike. Like, we hiked around. And what was weird about it is, I, I don't know, it wasn't weird, but I was not really prepared, and I did the hike, like, in a bikini. So it was kind of strange to be walking through the jungle in a bathing suit because you know how if you watch a movie and you're like, nobody does that in a bathing suit. Nobody yeah. even hikes in and shorts, you, you know, it. and then exactly. And then you do it <laughs> it and then you end up like regretting it. A little hypocritical, if you will. <laughs> um, 
but we waded across the river like we walked across the river not like on the water but like we walked through the river because the water never really got to you know too high, high. so you could like actually mm-hmm. walk through it it was just that kind was of really like shallow water yes yeah that was really fun i'd seen a lot of non-gmo like that you know what that is right that's yes. non-genetically modified uh, an organism, I think. I don't know what the O really stands for, but it's not like engineered. It's yeah. more so fresh or organic. And I'd seen a lot of those fruits for the first time. I didn't know oranges were actually green. Like when they grow, they're green. Yeah. Um, I'd seen huge avocados. <laughs> I um, What else did we have? I want to say like I had the best either passion fruit or like it was a mango or something smoothie that they made like in the middle of nowhere on the side of the road. It was a stand. <laughs> Just a stand. It was like a a mini business in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) And they had the best, 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 best fresh juices. And they made that. So stuff like that. Oh, I went snorkeling for the first time. I saw like a baby octopus and I got to hold it. Um, I'd never been to a beach that didn't have sand before. This was a beach that was just rocks. So you had to just kind of make your way carefully over like the really big rocks and then like just jump into the water and swim around if you want to get out you had to climb back out the rocks yeah me and my dad we did that before oh nice it was kind of scary because Mm -hmm. the rocks were like really big like one of them was like half the size of this table okay so it was really big and it was kind of scary and that's what you had to get your that's what you used to get yourself in and out of the water yeah, but then you could just like swim to shore. Okay. Where there was sand. So like at oh, okay, one good. point at one point there was like just completely rocks and you had to walk on those to get to the water. But then there was like a cafe so you could like swim there. Okay. And then there was like a ladder to get up. So you didn't have to walk all the way over mm-hmm. it. And it wasn't as like bad. Pro scary. tip water shoes yeah yeah. i always travel with water shoes even if i don't necessarily wear them at the beach i'm at but that is the most uncomfortable part of discovering a new beach when it's rocky and then you get out to this um the shore and there's a bunch of broken seashells and it's pretty to look at but it's not comfortable to walk in but i think that those two places uh cuba in particular um, is very much so a favorite trip because of all of the really new experiences that I was able to have and um, of how comfortable I was there. So you want me to ask you the second question? Yes, please. Okay. Have you ever been backpacking? And if not, do you think you ever will backpack? <clears throat> no. <laughs> and yes, I have not been backpacking before, um, especially not in the traditional sense Uh, When I think of backpacking, I think of someone that is doing an extended trip, right? Like someone that's going to be in an area or be in a country and explore a bunch of different cities over the course of at least two to three weeks kind of minimum. Unfortunately, at my job, I only really have vacation spans of a week at a time. So I'm currently unable to do uh, multiple week-long trips also i think think now don't hold me to it just yet but i think i can get like dang i don't know man because it's i already have a pretty difficult time packing light if you will for a week so now imagine trying to put it all in a back well granted they've got backpacks that are somewhat designed to be able to hold more or to, you know. Or like those backpacks that are like really, really small. And then you can like make it big. So mm-hmm. like you can hold a bunch of stuff, but it looks small. Yeah. I think I would need one of those uh, big um, multi-liter bags where they're kind of, uh, you know, you've seen the ones where they come up to like the back of your head. Yeah. Or the backpacks kind of go up a little bit higher and they got places for you to strap stuff on there and all that kind of jazz. A guy was had one of those at the airport mm-hmm. and he was going to Mexico. So I guess he was gonna do a backpacking trip in mexico because it's also possible a lot of people just don't like to carry a lot of stuff you just go with what you need honestly that's what i uh prefer to do i don't like waiting on checked luggage i don't want to you know have to especially if you have a connecting flight because i really enjoy a good layover i've been able to see a lot more of the world by 
making sure to choose an itinerary that allows me to make multiple stops. But um, that being said, I don't like waiting for, you know, luggage. And I also just don't necessarily trust someone else will always, you know, keep track of my stuff. I like to be responsible for my own things because I can ensure that I'm going to pay attention to where it is and I'm going to take as good um, care of it as I possibly can. Whereas someone else, you know, they've got 5,000 people's bags they're dealing with (laughs) in, you know, any given work shift, if not more, you know? So in all fairness, they can't really be concerned with whether or not, you know, mine is rolling safely or if it falls on the, the side or whatever. So that being said, I am pretty decent, not great at getting everything that I want to wear and everything that I'm going to need into a carry-on Small suitcase, carry-on, you know? Yeah. But, so that you don't have to, like, put it in the luggage and then have it maybe getting lost and then your mm-hmm. stuff being lost and then stuff that you need. Like, do you bring your, um, like, your camera with you? Well, it yes and no. So I do not like, <clears throat> I also don't like being responsible for a lot of stuff. <laughs> I don't bring like this camera, like the DSLR. I do, however, like bringing my GoPro. The GoPro is fun, but it's smaller and yes. you can take it around and I, like, anywhere. It's, water, it's waterproof. Yeah. So I especially love having the GoPro uh, that I can put in or bring in the water with me if I want to get. I've gotten really good surf videos. You know, learning how to surf that was a really good time, and I felt comfortable with. Like, it's designed to get wet. It's waterproof. You put it in a case, good to go. My phone, on the other hand, I don't care how many, you know, manufacturers and people say, oh, it's okay up to a certain amount, you know, a certain depth. And it's, it's still it's still going to get, something's going to happen to yeah, it eventually. I don't trust it. I don't trust <clears throat> it. And I also don't want the ocean to take it from me. I don't right. want it to, you know, fall and I'm worried about saving a phone and I should be worried about saving myself in a situation you know yeah so i would much rather something that is a little bit more disposable to me i feel like there's more safety attached to a cell phone being able to get help or to you know i can put my tickets up and log into stuff like cell phone i need if i lose my gopro i'll buy another one um but i try not to bring a lot of stuff with me but then i also don't like being at the mercy of wherever i end up and not having something that i may need i've um, had it happen in Thailand before where my stomach was bothering me and I had like Pepto-Bismol and Tylenol and all that jazz, but I left it in my hotel room, oh. but I was out in the street. So I had to go to a pharmacy and ask them, you know, I don't feel well. Is there something for, you know, upset stomach? And then she's trying to translate all these questions. Like, so which way is it coming from? Like, are you going to poop it out? You're going to throw it up? Like what is going on? (laughs) So I like to always have things in case of emergencies, but you know, it takes up a lot of space in a lot of cases, depending on how far you go. Depending on travel, every time we travel, like we even have it now, but we, we always bring, my mom always brings all her medicines. Mm-hmm. Even if she doesn't need them, she still brings them just in case. Yep. She brings Tylenol. She brings my nasal spray because sometimes when I sleep, mm-hmm. I get congested. So mm-hmm. that's why we always bring our medicines and stuff. Your mom and I also just <laughs> happen to think the same and agree on <laughs> so many things. Um, but question for you. What is your idea of backpacking? What does backpacking look like to you? I should have asked you that first. Well, so I look at backpacking in a different perspective of some people and also adults. So some adults, they think that backpacking is like you go on. Sometimes they think that you like go on a plane sometimes and you like go to like this exotic place. I think that backpacking, in my opinion, is like going on um, like kind of like a camping trip. Okay. So you go in the woods and you like stay in the woods. You set up camp in the woods for a bit. You like hunt like different animals depending on the season. So um, you you bring your own food with you as well. And I think that it's bringing a small backpack, like not like not like a small small backpack, but like you know like those um, what's it called. 
like the high school backpacks that they call them and they're like kind of bigger than um backpack backpacks because like high schoolers and stuff like they have more books i think that you like get one of those but um one of those and you put all your clothes in there and stuff like that so that's what backpack is in my perspective definitely should have asked you that first absolutely not then (laughs) that hunter backpacking i would never do (laughs) <laughs> I am not interested in hunting or uh, really providing my own food. Now, technically, I would like to know how to live off the land because zombie apocalypse. <laughs> you never know. Kid. You never know. You really don't, right? So <laughs> I would love to know this is safe to eat. This is not safe to eat. You boil this. Don't uh, saute it to cook it or something. Those you, kinds of things can, I would want to know. You can also... Um, so there's like different guides like there's like my like wood guide or something like that and it's like a guide guided there's like a guided book and then there's also a guided sheet of paper where it shows what's safe to eat what to bring on a camping trip what to bring while you backpack in different areas Mm -hmm. that you're going so i think that that's pretty smart too to get one of those i would agree with you i think that that would be a smart idea um my interpretation of backpacking is more of a, I don't want to say terrestrial because both are online, are <laughs> on land, but more of an exploration of different cities and towns and different areas, but it's more so <laughs> of a low maintenance approach. You'll stay at inexpensive accommodations you are going for more of an extended period of time when you backpack, like I was like I started with before, about two three weeks, um, you know, <clears throat> minimum in terms of um, the length of your trip, and you are able to spend like you know a week in this location. You spend a month in this country, and you stay in you know a couple of weeks here or a couple of nights in this area. But again. You don't spend too much on the accommodations and accommodations are like where you stay, right? Yeah. So you might do hostels or you might do house sitting, which is um, like when we stay at my grandma's house, mm-hmm. that's like house sitting. When you stay at someone else's house while they're away, um, there are different websites. Like, you know how you can go on Expedia and Priceline? Mm-hmm. Well, you can do different apps that are similar to those and you can book what is a house sit. And people that are going out of town out of town want someone to stay in their house, whether it's for a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple of months. But you have to, you know, you'll in turn be responsible for maintenance of the home, you know, making sure that pets are OK sometimes, uh, watering plants and stuff like that. But backpacking would include low cost accommodations like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when someone backpacks. They are really trying to immerse themselves into the culture of the areas that they're visiting. They're not necessarily staying at resorts. Um, You may do touristy things, of course. But because you're there for a long time, you kind of want to get to know the people. You want to, you know, live more so like a local as opposed to someone that is, you know, um, there to holiday or vacation. Uh, so that kind of backpacking, my version of backpacking, mm. I would do. I would absolutely love to spend, you know, six months in every Somewhere, country, yeah. you know? That'd be, that'd be amazing. But you can't mm-hmm. do that because, I mean, yes. you're an adult and mm-hmm. until you retire from the job. That's what I was going to ask. That's one jobs. of the questions I was going to ask you. So what do you, who do you think travels? What kind of people travel and what kind of people do what kind of travel? Well, some people, they travel for the food and the culture. Mm-hmm. There's a show called, like, I Travel for Food or something like that. Okay. <laughs> and they try different foods. Okay. There's some people who travel because they are influencers, mm-hmm. which means YouTubers, podcasters like you, mm-hmm. um, different people who maybe, you know, just... You know, I don't know how to explain like all the influencers. Yeah, no, you don't have but, to break out the influencers. But um, there's people who just like to travel. There's people who travel for business. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so those are kind of just a few people that travel and stuff. So do you think that um, 
old people travel, young people travel, do what kind of adults travel? Like, do you have to be retired to travel? Do you have to have a job to travel? Do you have to make a lot of money to travel? Like what, at what point in your life do you think you will be at what your, um, or who you envision to be? When will you in your life be who you envision to be to do the type of travel that you want to do? Like, what kind of people do you see as travelers? Well, I think that I will travel. I will try to travel at least at like not like a super young age, but like after I start graduating college and I can like drive myself around without like an adult with me. And I can also, I'm also planning on traveling, like going somewhere really nice and exotic when I retire from my job, whatever my job is, whenever I retire and I'm older and stuff. And I also think I might travel for, um, because my job that I really want, I have to travel for business. I would have to travel for business. What kind of job do you really want? I either want to be a singer or a um, engineer. Ooh. What kind of engineer? An engineer for NASA. Ooh. <laughs> Come on, fancy. I like that one. Give me a discount for something. I don't know. <laughs> what kind of things NASA get to do? I don't want to go. To, would, would you want to go to the moon? Um, or like to outer space? So, yes and no. So, there's mm-hmm. two reasons why. Okay. So, yes, because I really, really, really like space. Ever since I was very young, I had, like, these little stars and moons on my wall, and they would, like, glow up at night. Oh, I remember those. And when we moved, we forgot to take them off, oh. so the people had to take them off. Um, and I also want to not, though, because I have a very large fear <laughs> of, like, me being somewhere and something malfunctioning. Hmm. So either it's a plane, a bridge, um, a rocket, a car, you know, whatever. I just, I very much have a very large fear of that. So if to say I went through training to go to the moon and then I end up not making it back, that's just kind of scary to think about. Fair. That is a a fair concern because rocket ships, you know, Um, I I can understand that. But I I think an engineer is a very admirable career. And I absolutely 100 percent think that you can make that happen. Um, I know that you can make that happen. Um, So why would you need to retire before you can go to an exotic place? Well, there's not necessarily a why. Okay, so, like, I don't have to retire before I go to an exotic place because me and my mom, like, we might go to, like, Mexico in, like, two, three years, depending on my age and depending on how independent I am by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to go to, like, an exotic place after I retire because, um, and this is a very large because, and it's because I want to spend a little bit of time there so you see if I had a job and I'm an engineer or I'm a singer I can't just go off tour or I can't just go off my job for you know five weeks or something like that like I obviously probably won't go for five weeks but like if I do I might go for like two and a half weeks maybe three weeks Mm -hmm. did you ever consider that you could create a job and a life where you get to do the things you want? I did. Mm-hmm. But... Why limit yourself then? <laughs> Why not be the best engineer so that when you go to a job and they say, oh my gosh, Miss Lucy, you are the best engineer this side of the Mississippi. This person who came to mind. <laughs> We need you here with us. What are your requirements? I get five months off every year. And I want you to pay for me to travel. Make it happen. True. Yeah. You're 10. (laughs) You have an entire life 
to build the kind of career that you want so that you can do all the things you want. You could absolutely be an engineer. What about a traveling engineer? Is that a thing? I don't know. I guess I, know I guess it is because my friend Caroline, she, her, um, her dad, he works on like uh, cars and stuff and he fixes dents and he has to travel around the world like he's traveled to australia he's gone all he's gone to about every single state in the u.s he's been to japan i'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. he's been to um guatemala So, so he fixes cars around the world it's possible that lucy can be a traveling engineer who sings because Lucy True. has a beautiful voice. Thank you. You can absolutely build the life that you want. We are in a, so my parents didn't necessarily, um, I'm trying to figure the best way to explain it for you. Different generations have dis- different, um, you know, kind of, you said defectives? No, perspectives. Oh, yes, perspectives. <laughs> perspectives, yes. They have different perspectives <laughs> because of what they're used to, what they believe to be true based on the lives that they've lived, right? And how they've been raised and different ideals and mores and things and morals that have been passed down from generation to generation, right? So what was best for my grandparents may not have been best for my parents, as well as what may have been best for my parents, may not have been best for me. For you. But everybody always pours into their kids what they think is the best. They always do their best and they generally do it from a, a place of love. People are always, people that love their kids are always going to raise their kids with as much love as they possibly can and as much guidance as they possibly can. But also from generation to generation, we've seen that technology has always improved and it's always increased. So it gives the next generation more opportunity. And the way my parents grew up and the way my grandparents grew up, up, it was always okay to dream, right? You could always have big dreams. That's never been a cap on anybody's generation. Every generation is allowed to dream. But not every generation has necessarily, at least for black folks, has had the opportunity to achieve their goals yes they haven't always had the same opportunities or the same uh luxuries of freedom and access to you know really chase those dreams as easily not to say that they didn't chase dreams or achieve achieve dreams it just was so much harder they had a lot of different barriers in place so a lot of times people will you know advise or counsel someone based on what their life experience is in a loving way that doesn't always, you know, level or equate to the access and the opportunity that the next generation has. So my parents came from a generation of access that their parents didn't have. And now you guys are in a gen are a generation of access that we didn't have. You guys were born with phones, you know, (laughs) whereas we had to grow into phones. There was a time when cell phones weren't even a thing. And then they were, and then they were accessible. And then now we have them in our hands. So you are absolutely in a generation where you can say, this is the job that I've studied for. This is my skill set. These are my talents. I want you to now um, provide for me the what's the word, the um, quality of life that I want and that I'm looking for in order to be an employee. You can do, I don't know much about engineering, but I'm pretty damn certain you can make whatever kind of engineering career that you want because of all the access that I have and all the availability I have to dream and to create the life that I want, I know that your generation has even more. So you just have to put in the work. It ain't going to be easy. Promise you that. Can you see up your nose? <laughs> can you see? Yeah, I can see up your nose. <laughs> You're going to have so much more access than me and your mom and, you know, than our generation had. You just have to remember to put in the work. So if that's what you want to do, you want to be a traveling engineer, you absolutely go ahead and be a traveling engineer. You figure it out. 
but that means you got to be the best engineer and you have to be able to, you know, think yourself into the situations and environments that are going to be conducive to you achieving what it is that you want. You, Lucy gets to be everything Lucy wants to be. You always remember that. Okay. And that's for all y'all out there. You <laughs> always get to be what you want to be because you're always the author of your own life. You write your own story. It's your world, girl. Okay, what's your next question? Well, I have something to say. This is kind of off topic, but you know how you Mm -hmm. said that um, you like to, you don't like to wait for a long time Mm -hmm. at like airports to get your luggage. Well, my dad, he had to stand at the thing for three hours when he was traveling from Korea. See, three hours. That's what I'm talking about. They, um, you know, I'm certain a lot of. You know, airlines and the employees, they do their best. You know, on average, I'm pretty sure everyone does their best. You go to work and you do your job. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's not. You know, sometimes work is really easy. But a lot of times things just happen. And sometimes someone's best isn't good enough. And it's not because they don't want to do their best or it's not because they're not doing their best. It's, you know, situations happen where mistakes happen. People are always going to people weather, technological issues, technology, and things go wrong. And yeah, when you are at the mercy of more moving parts of having to, you know, stop here, wait for this to happen. I'm waiting for them to, you know, unload the plane. I'm waiting for them to now load the conveyor. I'm hoping that this conveyor works. If this conveyor doesn't work and they got to take everything off and go someplace else and things get lost in translation there. So yeah, that sucks. Mm -hmm. Three hours is a long time to wait for anything, let alone, you know, luggage. But it did, enjoy it did work out because his he had a layover. He had three layovers that day. So his lay, his next layover, layover wouldn't be until like three hours and 30 minutes. So he had 30 Ooh. minutes to spare. <laughs> but that not knowing when your stuff is actually going to show up and then waiting on it to actually be like, that's, yeah, that's stress. That's stressful. A lot of stress. Okay, next question. All right. So, have you ever traveled with your dog? So funny you ask that. (laughs) Yes and no. So, I've only done road trips. I've gone to see my brother. He's in Rhode Island. So, that is a three-hour trip. It's not that far. Give or take. Not at all. Um. Little, you know, Binksy. She's uh She's quite hyper. <laughs> yeah, quite the colorful little little gem there. However, she doesn't do terrible in the car when she has your attention. If you can hold her, she's cool. She's not going to bother you. But when whenever you're driving, you're not paying mm-hmm. attention to her. She's going to go crazy. Yep, basically, <laughs> she wants to be un- the same way she's in the house. She wants to be <laughs> under you. She is a shadow. So that same you know, affection that she needs to kind of settle her is what it's, she's looking for in a car. It's so difficult. Mm-hmm. If I are, if I'm going with someone else, like when we went to go visit uh, my brother, we went with my parents. So I was able to stay in the back and hold her the whole trip. So it, it worked out. She mm-hmm. was fine. And you know, when we stop at rest stops, I walk her and hope that she's going to poop. <laughs> and this way we're not, you know, wait in the car, not knowing if she's got to go. Um, but I say it's funny you ask because she's older. Binksy is 13 and I know I am certain that she loves a good adventure just like I do. So I really, really want to take her on a trip that is kind of designed for her to have fun and not as much just for me to have fun as like the people, the person, because she thinks she's a person. She has a (laughs) shirt. So she's just like, whatever. I'm I'm not a now. Yeah. I'm not a dog. Dog wear. So I really want to take her on a trip so that she gets some activities and she gets some adventure. And I'm considering maybe just doing a um a weekend like upstate or something where yeah. I can bring her on hikes and something I think fun she'll for her to do. I think she'll get a kick out of that. But I would like to, you know, do a little bit more investigating to make sure that I'm in safe areas. Um, she is a small dog, so I wouldn't want like um, a hawk or a bird of prey right. to sweep so down sweep in down a field and, and you know, grab her. her and think she's like a possum or something. Right. Uh, so that's what I want to put a little thought into just to be on the safe side because I don't have hurt dog money. Do you think you'll ever like take her to like the mountains or something like that? 
like like just for like a hike or something up the mountains or something like that well yes so i do have um a girlfriend that has taken her dog jacks on hikes with us so we could easily start there we can go you know about an hour up two hours up it's not like upstate upstate but it's kind of upstate there is really good hiking just in somewhere New York. where you can kind of get out of town get a different view of scenery mm-hmm. but not necessarily like a trip trip right <clears throat> we can do a quick drive and hike with the dogs that's something we've been talking about doing for a while now we just actually have to do it her dog is more she's more my friend tanya is more of an active person as it is so she often brings her dogs on runs and jogs and stuff mm-hmm. like that I ain't running and jogging. <laughs> so, Binksy ain't running and jogging. But, you know, I would like to bring her on a hike to see how she does walking in the woods with so much stimuli. There's so many mm-hmm. things for her to pay attention to and to sniff and to smell. So I wonder if she'll be like an overload and just kind of like freeze up and not yeah. really do anything. Or if she'll just walk around enjoy and enjoy it herself, You know, I'm curious. So we'll definitely give mm-hmm. that a shot. I have another question. Go for it. That's my last one. This is my last question. What got you into traveling and started traveling, started a traveling podcast? Let's see. What got me into traveling? I've always just been a curious person. I don't know if, well, when I was your age, I can say I probably didn't think about travel much at all. Yeah. It just didn't really look like, or it didn't. I didn't understand it to be something that I was able to do. I kind of always felt like traveling was for rich people. Mm -hmm. I thought traveling was for adults, you know, like it was a big thing. It was travel and travel was always resorts and luxury and all that, you know, yeah, you lounge out Mm -hmm. on uh, floaties and, you know, in the pool or you go on like a backpacking trip for six weeks. And those were all things that I didn't think I had in my access. Like I didn't think I had that in my disposal because I expected that it costs so much money. Like how much money do you think it would cost to go to Mexico? Mm, Depends on what area you're going to, Mm -hmm. where you're going to stay Mm -hmm. and what you're going to do. Oh, you want it. You could. So, okay, let's say... I'm going to fly to Cancun and I'm going to stay at a, um, well, you know what? No, let me actually use some place that I've been that I could say I vaguely remember what I spent. Let's say, okay, you've heard of Bali before, right? Mm -hmm. How much do you think it costs to go on a trip to Bali? Maybe... Four hundred, five hundred dollars. And what's that for? Is that your flight? Is <clears throat> that your? Um, is that everything? That's, is that including food? Well, how long did you stay? I was in Bali. I think I was there like a week. Where did you stay? Like what? Like hotel? I stayed at an Airbnb. I stayed in a house. Mm. I had the whole house to All myself, right. and I had <clears throat> my own private pool, and um. The man that owned the house would come cook dinner, uh, breakfast for me every morning. So I think that that would probably cost about three hundred, maybe two hundred dollars for the week, or for, for every night, <clears throat> or for how how is the two hundred for the whole week? Because he cooked you um, food. You had your own private pool, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> you had like was. So did you like stay in the house like where they lived or what did you have like a separate little like place because when we went to an Airbnb in Florida we had um we had a separate place mm-hmm. from them so what what did you kind of have like were you in the place with him or no, were I you had in a separate place Oh okay 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 so I think it's like maybe 300 400 dollars kind of depending on what what service you got Okay, so you're not too far off, but far off. Um, <laughs> so I think my flight may have cost me $400, $500, give or take. And I'm trying to, I don't remember where, but I'm pretty sure I had a layover prior. So I was able to spend at least a day in another country. <laughs> um, that sounds fun. Yeah, I... 
I either went before or after like the I either had a layover before the trip to Indonesia where I spent um a couple of days someplace else or it was after don't really remember but I know I didn't spend more than maybe like $600 on the flight pretty certain about that um actually let me see if I can find it in my emails so I ended up spending about I I have I just have some things to say so um you know how you said that you thought that traveling for was for adults Mm -hmm. well i mean you can travel at any age because i spent like two three hours in a whole different state on my layover Mm -hmm. um by myself i only had like flight attendants and i've i've flown by myself multiple times like three times so um next month will be my um fourth time because i'm gonna go see my dad in north carolina Mm -hmm. so that's gonna be fun so i have a little bit of travel that i get to do here it is i don't have i don't think i have a layover though so that's good that is let's see is this ticket airline confirmation oh so i lied to you (laughs) i spent China Eastern Airlines. Ah, yep. Okay, so I, yes, marginally lied to you. That was quite the expensive ticket. So I spent $859.97. That's a lot of money. But I got to visit China and Indonesia. So I had a day layover in Shanghai. So I flew on... Saturday to arrive on Sunday morning, really early Sunday morning in Shanghai. And then I spent the day there. So I arrived at like 5 a.m. And then at 6 p.m. I left Shanghai to go to Bali. And I was in Bali from Monday to friday so i had a week in bali i had a full five days in bali well about four um days i had a really early flight on the friday and i got in on very early on monday like midnight on monday and then i left friday at like 1 a.m my teacher went on the great wall of china before nice that's what i really was hoping to do she walked it um like the i think the not the whole way because it's very long but like i think she walked like halfway and then a little bit more that's a good trip i want to do that but i didn't i wasn't able to find a lay a layover that would get me in that area, area. of the country china's huge so yeah it I is ended up just doing shanghai also because what's cool about there is i didn't need to pay for a visa you ever heard of a visa before it's not like a not like a credit card not the visa. credit card <laughs> but when you visit different countries as a citizen of your country when you visit someone else's country a lot of times they want you to apply for kind of like um it's kind of like letting the country know that you're there and the country says we understand that you're here but we're going to say that you can only stay here for a certain amount of time so you pay for different <coughs> visas you apply for different visas so that you can stay for different amounts of time but you didn't have to pay for that nope because i stayed within a certain vicinity of shanghai and in that vicinity i was allowed as an american citizen to visit those areas yeah, yes. And um, not have to necessarily apply or pay for a visa. So that worked out. But I did spend a pretty penny on that flight. I bet. But it was was, definitely worth it. Yeah. For me to be able to see (laughs) two countries um, for that time. So let's say I spent $400 going to, uh, $450 going to, um, where I go? China. And then like another $450 to go to Bali when you... Round trip, because that was yeah. my round trip price. That eight nine hundred dollars was there and back. It wasn't one way. So I think for getting all the way on the other side of the world, that's a pretty decent price. Mm-hmm. But I spent that on the flight. I spent about twenty five dollars, I think. Is Bali a night. is Bali in India? It's in Indonesia. Um, it's like Southeast Asia. All right. Um, Airbnb. So the Airbnb. Oh, that's I spent a nice pool. In total, from Monday to Friday, $190.22. That's actually pretty cheap for an Airbnb I had that has all that service. 
Look, oh yeah, you saw the pool. See, that's a nice. Yeah, pool. it's a nice pool. I don't know if y'all can see it, <laughs> but um, and that was for the whole week. I had the entire house to myself, so I spent the one fifty on that. What did I say? One fifty or two hundred? No, the two hundred on that, and I spent the roughly eight sixty. So I spent, I spent, I spent just about a thousand dollars on everything. On everything, I got to the virtual other side of the world. And for a week. To be honest, that's actually pretty cheap for that trip. So. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't have $1,000 to spend, (laughs) but still, that's pretty cheap for a trip anyway. When you think about it, when you think about all the things that you can do with $1,000, right? When you think about knowing that this is a number that gives me the opportunity to get to the other side of the world and experience meeting new friends from different countries. It allows me the opportunity to firsthand experience another culture, to see the foods, to see, you know, the beautiful nature and the scenery they have here. Like I love a good beach and I love a good mountain and it's so enjoyable to be able to experience it in another country. And you can save $1,000. $1,000 is attainable. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily um, as easily attainable for everybody in the same amount right. of time. Like it may take. It depends on what position you are in in your life. Exactly. It may take you a year to save $1,000, yeah. but you don't have it's, to spend. It's possible. Yes. It's that's not the like catch. It's it impossible. is possible. <laughs> and what I like about you know, sharing the pricing and sharing the cost of stuff is that sometimes it takes the the fake story out of it for you, if you will. Mm-hmm. When you think, I used to think that something like that, like something like that trip would cost me like $5,000. Mm-hmm. And that's why I thought like, I ain't got no $5,000. I don't have <laughs> I $5, can't travel like to that. just spend something like, you know what I mean? Like that to me mm-hmm. was a luxury trip. I had my own pool. I went skinny dipping for the first time because it was just me. How cool was that? You know what I mean? I had my own pool. I had the guy make breakfast and it was really nice. The food was actually good too. I was walking distance to a really nice spa where I got a $7 massage every day. And that's another thing. A lot of places that you go to, the cost of living is so much less than where you are. Yeah. Like when I visit you guys in Kentucky... Things are so much cheaper. Gas yeah. is cheaper. Food is cheaper. Entertainment is cheaper. It's like also because Hopkinsville movies. is just country. Well, there's that. <laughs> I, I'm not going to say very small it's town. But kind of the entire state of Kentucky is going to cost less than the state of New York. Yes, because New York has more buildings. They have to pay off a lot more loans and stuff like that. New York's just got a lot of stuff going on. The yeah. cost of living is ridiculous here. It is. But, Sometimes, depending on where you live. Yes. <clears throat> Wherever you live, it's ridiculous. But the catch is, it's kind of similar to when you do international travel. Other countries don't always cost as much as things here. A bottle of water here might be $3 in certain areas, depending on the type of water you're buying, of course. But abroad, you might spend 50 cents on a mm-hmm. bottle of water, you know? Right. Um, a beer here might be $7, but abroad, you spend a dollar on a beer um a meal here a really good savory decadent meal here might cost you a hundred dollars maybe fifty dollars depending on where you go right and abroad you can get you know a drink and dessert for five dollars with your really savory meal it really depends on where you go but the point is that until you do some research and until you look into what your dream is or what your goal is You don't really know whether or not something is accessible. Mm -hmm. All right, Luz. So are there any final questions you want to ask? Are there any final questions you have to ask me? Uh, What's your dream trip? What kind of trip do you really, really want to do? So we're, me and my mom are going to do this trip soon. Um, It's, I think, I think we're actually doing it in fall. We are. For fall break, I think we're we're going to Hawaii. I'm pretty <gasps> sure, and that's always been my dream trip. Yeah, to go to Hawaii, and my friend Presley, she said that the like there, it's really nice, and like the people that live there are very welcoming. Like once you get off the plane, like they have like little like um, what's it called? The little 
the lay. The yeah, the lay. I can't I can't think of words sometimes. And like they give you like a grass skirt and scuff and scuff and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they offer to drive you to your destination as well. Okay. So that is your dream trip, yeah? Yes, it is. I also really, really, really want to go to Mexico. Okay. And I also want to go to China. So those are like three of my dream trips. But I'm pretty sure we're going to go to Mexico when I get a little, a little bit older. Mm-hmm. And But we're going to Hawaii, I'm pretty sure, in the fall, which is going to be really exciting. Okay, so another question for you. Do you see yourself traveling by yourself? Or do you see yourself traveling with friends? Like, do you see yourself traveling, like, with not your mom or with not your dad? I see traveling with my friends and just by myself. Okay. I like do, I like to be very independent. Mm-hmm. I, I, to be honest, sometimes I don't like asking for help. Fair. And stuff like that. Sometimes I just want to do things my own way. Okay. And Same. I, I just, I don't want, like, people to, like, lecture me about things sometimes. So, I see myself traveling with my friends. And I also see myself traveling by myself in the future when I get a little bit older and I can, like, drive myself around and stuff. Okay. Like, maybe just, like, a little road trip to, like, I don't know, a place that I haven't been, like, mm-hmm. Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, That's a good time. Or maybe, like, across from where I live now, which is in Kentucky. So, like, to maybe California. Oh, that's far. <laughs> it is far. Okay. Oh, I'm going to tell you something that um, my grandma told me about advice, and I hope that it blesses your soul. So, and it didn't really register when she said it, but I always remembered it. And then as I got older, it made more sense. So she used to always tell me that you don't have to take my advice. Just listen. It can go in one ear but just hold it inside because you never know when you're going to need it. So you don't always have to um, take people's advice, right? But still listen to their advice and make sure that you try to listen because it might be useful. There you go. And sometimes people give you bad advice. (laughs) I've gotten terrible advice, girl. Terrible (laughs) advice. However, the majority of people that are giving you advice are doing it from a place of concern but also they're doing it a place from, you know, this is their life experience and this is what they know and what they feel that they would do or, you know, they don't necessarily give you advice to hurt your feelings or to, you know, discourage you from being the best that you could be. The average person is giving you advice just because they want you to stay safe and they care about you and they want you to be able to have good experiences and, you know, a great lived life. However, sometimes they're giving you good advice that you're not ready to receive. And sometimes the message just doesn't really resonate because you haven't had, like sometimes if someone gives you like a piece of a puzzle, it's useless until you have the other pieces of the puzzle. Until it's got something to connect to, until you have something to make it whole with, it's just a puzzle piece. When my mom gives me advice, I have a very hard time understanding what she's trying to tell me because I'm just not ready for that type of advice sometimes. <laughs> and also, sometimes she just overdoes it and she like she talks about it too much. Nah, no best friend slander. So <laughs> what I will say is kind of like we were talking about yesterday. You were saying, I wish you guys would just get it. Like, why can't mm-hmm. you be like kids? And it's just like, well, because we're not anymore. Sometimes it makes mm-hmm. sense to you. But it doesn't and make sense doesn't to make guys. sense to us. And a lot of things make sense to us and you're <laughs> clueless. But trust that people that have generally the best person to take advice from is someone that's done it already. Yeah. In all fairness, if you've got experience, you're going to know something more than someone that doesn't have it. However, my experience doesn't always have to be your experience. Mm-hmm. And his experience doesn't always have to be her experience. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So although someone may give you advice, you are still the author of your own story. You write your own life. That's all you. But always listen to what people have to say because you can learn something from anybody if you ask the right questions. Always hold on to that one. So you can learn something from anybody, from homeless people, from CEOs, from kitchen staffs to you know managers, from teachers, NASCAR drivers, <laughs> engineers, you know police officers, 
teachers. You can learn something from everybody. You just got to ask the right questions. You just got to be open to interpretation because also the stuff they tell you doesn't always have to be good advice for you. But 10 years from now, you might hold on. You know what? They did say that bell peppers are going to do something weird in the sun. You ain't got no need for a bell pepper kind of recipe. You know what I mean? But you never know. Listen to it. And one day it might be useful. All right, Lucy. So any final questions? Will that do it for you? Yes. Okay. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me a guest. As a guest, I mean. This is the second time we've tried to do this. I had so much fun the first time, the last time you guys visited, and then I, like, crashed the hard drive. So I'm so (laughs) glad we got to do this again. Yeah. Um, I would say, are there any suggestions that you have for other kids that are possibly going to be unaccompanied minors on travels? Because you've done that before. And we'll end off um, with you giving advice to kids about being on a flight by themselves and then also maybe some advice you would give to some parents who have kids that you know are going to be on a flight by themselves because that is you you've got experience you've done that before so go for it all right so kids who are listening if they are please 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 do not be nervous about traveling by yourself it's not that scary. You have flight. You have a flight attendant behind you. A flight attendant checks on you, depending on your flight, every I don't know, like twenty minutes, an hour to an hour, depending on how long your flight is. Um, adults who have children, if you're thinking about getting your child a plane ticket, might probably don't get them a layover. It can be a little stressful sometimes, especially when. If it was even stressful for me, and I've traveled by myself before, so um, yeah, so kids, um, whenever you travel, bring something to do with you. <laughs> I this is this doesn't even have to go with like just traveling on a plane, but there's just there's stuff that you just can't do on the plane. Like you're gonna get bored, so bring something to do. Um, also, um, make sure that you, uh, what's the word? I forgot the word. What does it mean? <laughs> it's so hard to explain. Well, explain. Remember, you're explaining it to kids. So just explain it how you would understand it. Um, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> You were saying give uh bring something to do. Oh yeah. Um also um you can ask the flight attendant for anything. Like don't don't be shy to like don't press the blue call button because they will think something is wrong. <laughs> but just if you like raise your hand like this or you look at like their name tag and you say, Excuse me, miss mister whoever They'll come to you and they'll, like, you know, they're, they're, that's their job. They're supposed to they're supposed to help you. They're not just supposed to ignore you and be like, oh, this kid's raising their hand, whatever. I'm not going to I'm not going to come over to them. But, yeah, so just don't be afraid to ask because I was scared to ask the first time. I don't know why, but I asked you the restroom on my first flight. I had to use restrooms like, can I use the restroom? And now I feel like that was a little stupid of me because why would I ask to use the restroom? Like, just go. <laughs> don't don't ask. <laughs> well, at least let them know that yeah. you're going so that yeah. they don't, like, lose track of you. And then also they know to try to look out for, okay, there's Lucy's in here or the kid is in here. I can tell other adults, like, oh, no, someone's in there, you know. I'm sitting. Wait, and know. I was also sitting with two other kids, too, so. Okay, nice. On my flight to North Carolina um, Mm -hmm. in April, because I went for spring break Mm -hmm. week, and that was pretty fun. Overall, Um, don't be scared. Yeah, just don't be don't be scared to fly by yourself. There's flight attendants all over the plane. There's a, and there's like a flight attendant right in front of, like the door. Um, Also, if the flight attendant is looking you up and down. 
Do not be scared, okay? Because there is a reason for that. There's a good reason because they're looking to see if you're eligible, if something happened and there's something wrong to help like other people get out the plane. So if they're looking you up and down like that, they're not looking at you because they think that you're going to do something wrong. They're just looking at you because they're seeing if you're eligible to help other people. Interesting. I didn't consider that. (laughs) And I would also say as the adult here, pay attention. Like, always have, like, your head on a swivel. <laughs> Notice, you know, what's going on around you. Pay attention to your surroundings and to the people that are around you, you know? You don't have to be afraid of everybody. Right. But you want to know who's around you. You want to keep you your guard know. up. And also, mm-hmm. if somebody makes you feel uncomfortable or a flight attendant, you can tell another flight attendant. Yep. yep and they can, they, they can tell the person that, hey, you're making them uncomfortable. Please don't, mm-hmm. like, you know... Keep on doing what you're doing. Right. And Don't be afraid to stand up for yourself. I sat with this nice lady, and she didn't make me feel uncomfortable or anything. Good. And um, the two kids I sat with, they didn't make me feel uncomfortable either. And all the flight attendants, they didn't make me feel uncomfortable. But if they did, I would have just asked politely if I could move to a different seat or if I could um, move somewhere else where they would know that I moved. So, Good. yeah. All right. All right, so we'll wrap it up there. <laughs> um, I encourage the adults to chat with the kids in your life. See where their heads are about travel. If you're here listening to the podcast, clearly you have some interest in travel or you've got some experience in travel. Consider that the babies in your life might need to have a little bit of a tap on the shoulder <laughs> so that they know that they don't have to wait until they're 30 to leave the country. That they know that right. the world is their oyster and that as long as they put their mind to their goals, save their little coins. <laughs> they could be out there traveling, you know, right after high school. You don't have to wait till after college. You could travel in college. You can, you know, you don't have to go far. You know, right. just think about where your money's going to take you and also where your maturity is going to take you. Don't go to, you know, Istanbul if you've never done your own load of laundry kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. get the basics in order and then go see the world. All right, guys. Thank you for being here, Lucy. Thank you for having me as a guest. I very Thank much you. appreciate it. All righty. All right, guys, if you guys have any questions, if your kids have questions that you don't necessarily have answers to, send them my way. I'll do my best to answer them. And if I don't have the answers, I always know a person. I'm that person that knows a guy that knows a guy that knows a lady. <laughs> so I can get those questions answered. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.